You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. Let us hear the word of the Lord. On the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he intended to leave the next day, he continued speaking until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where they were meeting, and a young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, began to sink off into a deep sleep while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and bending over him, took, his, took him in his arms and said, do not be alarmed for life is still in him. Then Paul went upstairs and after he had broken bread and eaten, he continued to converse with them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. <laughs> this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Boudreaux and Thibodeau, one day, were digging a ditch. And they looked up, and they saw the foreman on the top of the levee. And Thibodeau said to Boudreaux, hey, Boudreaux, how come we're down here digging a ditch, and he's up there fanning himself under an oak tree? And Boudreaux said, well, I'll find out. So Boudreaux climbed out of the levee, went up to the top, to the man fanning himself in the shade of an oak tree, so how come we're down here digging a ditch and you're up here fanning yourself under the shade of an oak tree? He goes, Boudreaux, it's just a matter of intelligence. Intelligence? What is that? So the man put his hand in front of the oak tree and he said, Boudreaux, hit my hand as hard as you can. So Boudreaux said, okay. And he reared back and he went and the man moved his hand and bam, he hit the tree, almost breaking his hand. He goes, see? intelligence. So Boudreaux climbed down back into the ditch under the levee. Thibodeau said, what did he say? What did he say? He goes, well, the reason we're down here digging a ditch and he's up there fanning himself under the tree is a mere matter of intelligence. Intelligence? What is that? So Boudreaux, hit my hand as hard as you can. It's funny, right? It's funny. It's a joke. Why does this work? Why does this work? Why is it supposed to work? Well, first, jokes don't need an explanation. You know, as soon as I say, Boudreaux and Thibodeau, you know I'm not, I'm not on the History Channel anymore, right? I'm not telling, you're not supposed to say like, well, where were they? Were they in New Orleans? Were they in right? It's a formula, right? When I say Boudreaux and Thibodeau, you automatically, it's like once upon a time, right? Or a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you know what's about to happen, right? I don't have to explain it. If you have to explain a joke, it loses its flavor. Secondly, jokes reinforce who's in and who's out. When you're in and you know the joke, it's hilarious, When you're out of that joke, it's not funny at all. Jokes reveal to us, for good or ill, who is in and who is out. We're relatively safe telling this joke here in Louisiana, are we not? 
I mean, maybe with a few exceptions of maybe my family or Rebecca Stinson's family, like everyone's safe. Like we're not talking about your family. It's okay. Finally, there's always a surprise. There's always some kind of counterintuitive moment. What's going on? I mean, if, if, if Boudreaux goes down and, says, and there's another tree and he puts his hand in, in front of the tree and moves it and Thibodeau hits his hand, there's no punchline. It's not funny. There has to be, for a joke to work, there has to be expectation, defined audience, and surprise or misdirection. Expectation, defined audience, and then surprise or misdirection. Now, of course, there's other theories about comedy. There's a great uh, documentary on, I think it was the History Channel, that talked about the history of comedy from, from slapstick to the absurd. But humor, you know it when you see it, right? Maybe. We're given a story like the one we heard today. The story can be seen as something that's funny. Scripture has stories that's funny. The entirety of the book of Jonah is meant for you to say, well, that's absurd. A man was swallowed by a giant fish, and then they repented by putting sackcloths on the livestock? This is an absurd story. There are some scriptures that are meant to make you laugh. It's over the top. It's absurd. Here is Paul. He's about to go on a trip. But instead of like packing a bag, making a lunch, getting on the boat, he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll preach all night. So he starts this sermon, and his sermon is so boring that a man falls asleep. And not only does he fall asleep, he falls out of a window. Three stories to his death. And then Paul, kind of annoyed, goes down, raises the man. And then what does he do? Does he say, okay, guys, this is getting serious. Like, let's, let's call it. No, it says he broke bread, so he had a snack. And then it says he continued. He went right back up and started preaching again. And then at the end of it, it says, it says they were not a little comforted by the end of the story. It's funny. Or maybe it's not so funny. Keep awake is certainly a theme throughout scripture from the prophet who is warning God's people of Israel against idolatry. Keep awake. The Lord will come like a thief in the night. Or to the poet who wants your eyes opened so that you are enlightened. To Jesus on the last night he was with the disciples before he was taken away as a, as a bandit. Would you not keep awake for just one hour? Keep awake and pray with me. Keep awake. You've heard this before. If the temperature is slowly turned up, the frog doesn't know he's in danger. Keep awake. I mean, you skip a day in the gym, that's fine. And then one day becomes two. Two days becomes three. Okay, you had a bourbon during the LSU game. It was 62 to nothing. You know, and then one bourbon becomes two, becomes three. You want to take a trip, you swipe the card. And then you swipe it again. <laughs> you swipe it again. 
Eutychus slowly falls asleep. And it was deadly. Keep awake. I know you think you're going to hit 21 with just one more hand. Keep awake. Maybe we read this as a joke because it hits too close at home. We laugh to hide our sorrow. Yes, there is good news. Yes, there is resurrection. There is life at the end of the story. But God, do we not have to hit rock bottom to find it? I've told this before. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, <laughs> uh, my dad had a heart attack. Uh, it was a heart attack he was not supposed to survive. Uh, we would go out to eat every Wednesday. So we would wait for dad's car to come into the driveway. And on one fateful Wednesday, he came home clutching his arm. And I ran out to meet him. Dad, where are we going to dinner tonight? And he says, we're not. And me and my sisters were swept away to the neighbor's house while dad went to the hospital. And he survived, right? But I remember visiting my dad in the hospital and to see your Superman attached to machines, keeping him alive, like that does a number on you when you're in the seventh grade. I remember sometime later telling my dad, you know, because of your heart attack, that woke me up. That was a, that was a moment that I woke up. I've had several of those moments in my life. I said, Dad, I, I know, I know this wasn't God's fault, but, but after your heart attack, I started paying attention in church. I started listening to the pastor. I realized that life was precious and we're not here forever. So my dad looked me dead in the eye and said, son, if there had been any other way to get you to go to Sunday school, I would have done it. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. So maybe it doesn't have to be comedy, nor does it have to be tragedy. Maybe comedy and tragedy can exist in the same place in the same time. And when that happens, often there is a profound truth that follows. Paul is preaching all night to this group, and he has to get this word out. This is serious business. But maybe Paul is taking himself a bit too seriously. There's Eutychus sitting in the window. By the way, his name means lucky. That's hilarious. And it's also a name reserved primarily for servants or slaves. Why was it that Eutychus was so tired? Probably because he was doing the kind of work that no one around him wanted to do. And he was trying to desperately stay awake to hear the gospel because it was a matter of life and death. And Paul kept preaching. Read the room, Paul. Was there also no one in the room who said, Eutychus, you look exhausted, man. Here, go. I'll keep, I'll keep awake. I'll keep watch. Why don't you take a break? I promise. I promise I'll fill you in on everything. Unless this guy preaches until the morning, then I, I won't have enough paper to write it down. Let's not be so quick to blame Eutychus for falling asleep. Before we, I've heard that sermon before, right? You keep awake, right? 
pay attention. Before we blame the angry and the addicted and the depressed, maybe there's a thing behind the thing that hasn't yet been addressed. Dear Paul, read the room. If people are falling asleep and falling to their deaths, you might want to cut the sermon short. Dear room, read the room. If someone is struggling, hold them close. What's the thing behind the thing? Please don't make the slave's healing the highlight of your hero story. It's like celebrating the glass that you swept up because you broke a glass. You're cleaning up what you have broken. There's no room for celebration in that. The work of the church is serious, but that doesn't mean that we have to take ourselves seriously. There was once a barber who was working on a client, and there was a boy who was walking past his shop, and the barber said, watch this. He goes, this happens all the time. This kid is so stupid. Hey, boy, come here. And he had a dollar in one hand and two quarters in another. And the barber said, here, choose. And the boy, since two is more than one, took, took the 50 cents. And he walked away. The barber says, well, stupid. Well, the client later in the day saw the little boy eating an ice cream cone. He goes, why? why? It's dumb. Why did you choose the quarters instead of the dollar? And he said, the day I choose the dollar is the day the game is over. May our work be as serious as our souls are light. Because otherwise, the joke may be on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for being employed in the work of sharing good news. May we share this good news with glad and generous hearts. May we have the strength to offer a word, even if it takes all night. Father, give us the discernment when we should close our mouth. Let us be mindful of those who do the work that we wouldn't bring ourselves to do. Let us not blame the exhausted for the burden they carry. May the room read the room and give rest to those who need it. Yes, the work of the church is serious, Father. But we also hear that your burden is light. So with glad and generous hearts, let us serve you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.